We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you, as always. We're locking in, whether you're listening to us on the audio side, whether you're checking us out on the video side. I appreciate you all very, very much. Recording this a couple days in advance, but this episode is dropping on Friday, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. I am joined for a second consecutive day by my good friend, Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings. You know, I hate saying what's going on. I know what's going on, man. We literally just talked to tape an episode like, 10 minutes ago, <laughs> buddy, what it's is be, going on, it's man? Good to be, it's good to be back, man. It's good to be back. You know, After a whole 10 minutes. All right. So like I said, we, we dropped the Thanksgiving episode yesterday. We talked primarily about the bills offense, uh, Gabe Davis more specifically, you know, had a little bit of Thanksgiving fun. Um, now Thanksgiving is over. I, I got to start here. Bills Eagles previews coming up. I'm going, we're going to do our predictions and all that other stuff as well. Um, is it officially now Christmas season in the Marino household? Thanksgiving's over. It's Black Friday. Or do you wait to December 1st? When is it Christmas season to you? Yeah. At, well, at the time of the recording, it is not Christmas season yet. But I think once we get to Friday, it will be right. So yeah. when you you kind of like flip that switch, and sometimes it just depends on the year, right? Thanksgiving feels a little bit early this year. I think uh, you know people would would agree from that standpoint. So you know, as you look at that, it's just we have a few you know, like the candles up in the window right now, but that's it. The tree is not up yet. The decorations are not up. That'll probably happen on Friday or Saturday, yeah, and then it'll be full steam ahead. Yeah, so again, we're taping this Wednesday. Um, people are going to be listening to this, watching us on Friday. And as you're listening or watching, I promise you my tree is going to be going up. I, I've resisted. Last year, I put it up at the beginning of November. And I was like, this is too much. Just too soon. Didn't yeah. do that. But we're doing it this year. My Wi-Fi, my son, his girlfriend, we're making my daughter's coming over, making a whole day of it. All the decorations are going up, all of them, on Friday. Uh, the tree. 
everything. Black Friday. Are you are you a Black Friday shopper? No. Me neither. I am not. One year I was a Black Friday shopper because my wife sent me out to do something. And it's like, you know, some when it comes to the shopping, she does the vast majority of this stuff. But anything technology related is on me. And there was one Black Friday. I can't remember how many years ago. It's like, you know, we were getting a, a TV for the for the kids, right? For like their video games and stuff like that. And it's, you know, $110 TV special Black Friday type of thing. So she's like, you need to go out and get this TV. So Black Friday, I went from the Walmart to the Target, back to the Target to get this television. And I'll always remember this year. Then uh, it was Christmas Eve and we realized like there was something with the TV that it didn't have like enough inputs or something along those lines to work. And on Christmas Eve, I was back at the same Target, the same Walmart, going back and forth, <laughs> returning the TV. There was like some Christmas Eve special, which was like ridiculous, same price, like bigger television, more inputs, whatever that you needed. And that was literally the one year that I've messed around with any of that. But no, Black Friday is nothing to me. No, me neither, man. I have never, ever been to a, a Black Friday myself. My wife... And some of her friends used to have a, a tradition where they would go shopping on Black Friday. We were just talking about it, my wife and I, a couple of days ago. Not that we have everything in the world that you could ever need, but I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, what do we really, like, whether it's for one of the kids, there's nothing that they really need that we yeah. plan on getting them that requires, and they're not, I mean, I say kids, but by kids, I mean, my, my daughter's 25, my son's going to be 21 a couple of days before Christmas. Um, it's not really anything that they don't have that they really need that requires going to get something on Black Friday. And there's nothing in our house really that we need that I'm like, man, I'm going to go sit there and potentially wait in line for a long time or have to fight with other people to go get a TV. Maybe a six months ago would have been one of them. But since then, we got a, a big TV, which is funny. Ant. I mean, we, we got a 75 inch TV in our house now. And I was at Best Buy a couple of days ago. And those are almost already getting old. It's crazy how quick yeah. they just keep going up. I seen at Best Buy, and I don't mean just like one or two, like a ton of like 86-inch TVs. I guess that's going to be like the next thing. It's like, God, as soon as you get 75 and you think you're living like the king of the world, that's nothing now because now I see 86-inch TVs everywhere. Just wait a couple of years. Everybody, you know, five years from now, we'll probably be out of style if we don't have like a 100-inch TV or something like that taking up three-quarters of our, our, our living room wall. It's crazy. I'll be ready for it, man. I'll be ready for it. <laughs> I am a Cyber Monday guy, though. I do. I like, I think I've gotten between my two kids, probably 12, maybe things I've already gotten for gifts, bigger, a couple bigger things, mostly smaller stuff. I have not been in one retail store this season. To, yeah. To every single thing I've gotten has been on Amazon or Best Buy or. I think I want the commerce website to get my, well, she's not listening. <laughs> Shit. I might've just spoiled a Christmas gift for my daughter right now. <laughs> I never thought of that. She ain't listening to this shit anyway. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, man. Do, do you order like stuff online Christmas time? Do you trust yeah. it enough? I mean, I let's put it this way. I trust it enough because sometimes it's like, you know, if you're looking for something in this area and your kid wants a, uh, whatever, like a, a Boston Celtics jersey, like, yeah, they don't sell those in the upstate New York area. So there's certain things you just, you have to to order. But my wife, you know, she's the one that does so much of the shopping. She's sure. still, I'll say a little bit traditional where it's like, hey, still wants to go out 
and see what's out there because something maybe will catch your eye. Like, again, the kids get old enough. They, they tell you what they want, but you don't want it to just be like, Hey, here's, you know, you got to have a, a surprise or two kind of mixed in there, but that's much more on her. For me, it's like, yeah, I'll go knock around, you know, a little bit, but I will be at like Dick's clothing and sporting goods, like the minute they open. So there's nobody there and it's less crowded and just, <laughs> you know, kind of all that. So. Yeah, I listen, man. I will stay away. I, I will eventually do some retail shopping, but yeah. it won't be on Black Friday. I'll pay a couple more bucks to get a couple hoodies or whatever it is that I go to get. I don't like the spirit of Black Friday. You know, it, maybe it's changed yeah. now and over the last couple of years, but I've seen news stories. People spend their Thanksgiving camped in front of a Best Buy or whatever at the mall, waiting for the mall to open. So they could save money. I'm like, do you just want to skip Thanksgiving to go save money on Black Friday? I that bothers me a lot. Yeah, and I, I think that part was always that was always different. That always felt weird. But you know what? I, I do like when you talk about shopping and I kind of think about this, you know, I do like going to the smaller local type of shops, oh. right? So, you know, in town, here's the the place that like a great gift shop where, you know, different vendors, everything handmade, like those types of things. I'm very much in the, you know, if I'm going out shopping, I'm doing the kind of the local side of things. Or even if it's like, Hey, if you got to do some gift cards, like support the local restaurants. Cause to me, that's, that's an important piece. And, you know, and I think it just goes a long way. Absolutely, man. And look, I'll still do the, I already have done the majority of my shopping online and I'll continue to get some stuff online. But when it comes to the Buffalo stores, like Buffalo merchandise, I a hundred percent. There's like store seven one six. There's the Buffalo store near the McKinley Mall. There's individual Buffalo stores where I'll go get some gifts, family members, or or stuff like that. Hundred percent, I'll be going in there uh, for that. But anyway, all right, good to know. So we're gonna be having our trees up around the same time, Christmas decorations up around the same time. There are some people who resist that, and they just steadfastly will not um, acknowledge Christmas season until it gets to be December first. I struggled to wait until Thanksgiving. That's been like my grind this season. But by the time you're listening to this, my shit's going to be up. Anyway, I want to talk about the Bills defense here. Let's just jump right in. We don't got a ton of time. I want to talk about one player specifically, and and it's Vaughn Miller. And then we'll get into some Bills-Eagles stuff. I'm at a point now, and I've talked about this, I think, candidly over the, the last couple of days. When it comes to Vaughn Miller, He's played seven games. He's been back for seven games now, okay? Zero sacks, two tackles, two tackles in seven games, four legitimate pressures, one quarterback hit. That's been his number so far in seven games back. And I get it. This guy, you got a gazillion dollars invested in him. And also, he's going to be back next year. His contract is such that it's almost impossible to cut him. Obviously he's untradeable too. He's 35 years old. There's so many factors in the way of this, but you need to work him back from his ACL. You know that it's, you know, he's what about a calendar year now? Cause it's right up on Thanksgiving now from tearing his ACL. He's not a hundred percent. He's not trying to say he's a hundred percent and you want to get him to a hundred percent because a hundred percent Vaughn Miller is a game changer. But do you feel like right now at this point of the season with these critical games that you got to win coming up here against some really good teams, I personally have arrived at the point where I'm almost ready to shut them down. 
until next year because I don't think he I think he's hurt his reps are hurting the defense. I've talked long enough. I, I want to hear what your thought is. You know where I'm getting at with this when it comes to Vaughn yeah. Miller, what we've seen from him. He needs to work his way back, but at what expense? Where are you at right now with Vaughn Miller? That he should be at about 10 reps a game. Yeah. And I think based on who he is, a leader of the team, kind of just when I say ego, I don't say that in a negative type of way, right? Like the guy's back. He's on your roster. I mean, unless something happens, you're not – you're not putting him on injured reserve at this point. Maybe it would make sense, right, to just be like, hey, take four weeks and then come back and you'll be fine. Um, but I think he's he's 10 reps a game. I mean, I think you should have Leonard Floyd and Gregory Rousseau and A.J. Epinesa out there as much as you can. A little bit of Shaq, you know, I think that's I think that's what we need to to be. So I am that's where I'm that's where I am at with uh with him and it's you know like you said it, it hasn't even been a year yet so i'm trying to temper my expectations just a little it feels like he came back too soon um but yeah 10 reps a game until he starts to show something look man you don't got to be joe marino and you don't got to be eric turner you could watch the games and you could see he doesn't have that cut right now like he's yeah. either trying to bull rush he has we, you're seeing some glimpses here and there for sure. But for the most part, he's either just running directly into the tackle or he's running 10 yards past the quarterback because it's like he doesn't want to wear, you know, he doesn't want to plant. I think it was Joe Biscaglia, which I never thought about. He brought up a good point. He's still wearing that bulky knee brace. And yeah. maybe when he gets that off, he will be more confident to be able to, to try to have sharp cuts. That said, you, again, you got to win these games. I'm not done with Vaughn Miller. I'm not sitting here telling you that or people watching or listening that I think Vaughn Miller's washed up and done. I don't think that. I think he could come back and still be a very, very good football player. He was yeah. last year before the ACL. I just don't think it's coming this year. And a lot of people said, well, Trey White last year, he played through it. He had, you know, you got to let him play through it. Like last year, the Bills didn't have anything better at corner. Yeah. I think Vaughn Miller might be the sixth best defensive end. Right now, as we record this episode on Black Friday or for Black Friday, I think Vaughn Miller is only the fifth or sixth best defensive end on this football team. So even 10 reps a game, as 10 reps that Greg Rizzo or Floyd or or even Shaq Lawson aren't getting right now. I'm at a point where I'm I if they shut him down, I wouldn't be upset about it. I'm just I, I wouldn't because I think he's earned the football team right now, at least. Now maybe he'll that'll change, but right now he is. But I think if you shut them down, that impedes any sort of progress that that you're looking to to make. And, you know, I get it. People will say, well, Trey White, this one or this person and this injury, like every injury is different, right? You can't every person is different. Like just because so and so could come back in eight months doesn't mean that this one sure. can come back and be the same person in in 12. So, you know, I'm I, I totally hear what you're saying and I get the frustration that is out there because it's just. It's tough right now, but it is the reality of coming back from that type of an injury. Um, but I, I hear you, right? Like, hey, 10 reps, that's 10 reps that someone else could could have. But I say that in the way that they do their rotation, um, he's got to make progress, and that's not going to happen if he's not getting reps. Yeah, look, almost every every rep he's out there right now, every pass rush, he's just not, he's not getting home or getting close. I guess there's some people out there who really, really want to defend him, and they'll say, well, he's drawing attention. I don't see anything specifically that that really 
supports that per yeah. se. Do you think if the Bills had a do-over, do you think they would have waited to have him active? Like he debuted what in London against Jacksonville. Like maybe he should should have given him another month. Yeah, I'm not I think it would have mattered though. I because he'd probably still be where he's at right now, even if he came back in week nine or ten. I feel like he'd probably be where he is right now. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do. possibly. I mean, right. I mean, hindsight as you go through with things, it's just um. Yeah, it just hasn't been working. So I think if you say if you waited, would there have been any sort of a difference? Yeah, probably not. But at least then our expectations may have been a little bit in in check. And let's be honest, this stretch that, you know, since the Jacksonville game, things have not exactly been going the way that Buffalo Bills fans would like in any scenario with the team. So it's easy for us to um, pay attention to this more than we probably would like to because – you know, the team has been in a weird spot. Yeah. You know, and and it's not like he hasn't played in any high leverage situations, although some of these games, he's not playing much at all in the fourth quarter, but I go back yeah. to that. I go back to that Cincinnati Bengals game, man. It's third and three. And if the bills get a stop on third down, they're going to get the ball with a chance to win the football game. And Vaughn Miller's out there and the Joe Mixon runs. He gets caught. Vaughn gets caught, pinched inside out, off the edge. Mixing goes around him, first down, and, and and you know, and that's the ball game right there. So, but listen, I don't want to extend this episode because it could become a whole other like half hour discussion. That's not a Von Miller problem. That's a Sean McDermott problem. Sure, he should, he should not. He should not be in the field on the field Great. at Great. that point. Like you're, you know, they're going to be running. It needs to be Gregory Rousseau and Shaq Lawson in that scenario. hundred percent. Yeah, it was Floyd and Von Miller in that situation where it was pretty obvious that uh that he was going to run but anyway I, I guess to wrap up Vaughn Miller me personally I'd be good if I I could come to the conclusion that he's under contract next year and you got so much money invested in him I don't want to take a chance of him even getting hurt again so I would at least consider unless he could show you at practice during a week that he could cut and bend and get to 100% or close to it I'd be at a point right now where I'd be good if they shut him down fortunately Leonard Floyd has done what we hoped Vaughn Miller would be able to do anyway. Nine and a half sacks. Um, Floyd has been absolutely special. Let's take a quick break, come back, and we're going to get into some Bills Eagles right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, I'm back here with Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings talking uh, Buffalo Bills, Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I got a confession to make to you too, buddy, and, and to everybody watching and listening. We're taping these back-to-back on Wednesday. We dropped Thanksgiving yesterday, Black Friday, obviously. We're dropping here on Friday. I'm used to having a, an hour to an hour and 10 minute or so conversation with you. That Typically, when I have a guest, those are the length of the episodes. I kind of got my comfort zone there. So it's like I almost feel like I'm rushing because I want to get through stuff because we decided, you know, with it being the holiday week, people really are not going to have an attention span to be listening to a 75-minute podcast on on Thursday or Friday. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure I don't forget anything or that I don't rush too much through something. But I don't know how people can have these short episodes, Anth. We, we, I don't know about you. I talk way too damn much. Dude, I love it when I'll listen and it's like, hey, I'm doing a solo episode. It's going to be just a quick one. And then like, uh, it's a 47-minute episode. Like, you know, when I would do my show solo, it's like usually it's like, hey, this is a like a 15-minute. You're on your way to work. You're going to the grocery store. Like, you know, we're going to get in. We're going to talk about what we need to. We get out. You got a gift, man. I could not uh, I could not do that. So. I just, I don't shut up. That's the problem. I did that just Tuesday. I taped an episode for Wednesday, a solo episode. I said I was going to, told myself I was going to keep it to 30 minutes or less. It ended up being 44. It's just, uh, just the way I go. But anyway, all right, let's get into some Philadelphia Eagles because this team has got the best record of football. A lot of people will tell you that they are the best team in football, and it'd be pretty hard to uh, to argue against that. They're nine and one, which is funny because their one loss, the one team, the one quarterback that beat them this year is Zach Wilson. That just tells you how crazy the NFL could be. But anyway, they're nine and one. This is an offense that has scored 30 points or more four times. They've scored 23 points or more in eight of their 10 games. Um, they score a lot. Uh, they, they keep games close. Five and one in uh six one score games this season they know how to win football games um they're not really killing teams their largest victory this entire season was 14 points over miami so the bills have run over a couple teams and blown them out philly really hasn't done that but uh i don't know your first thoughts when you look at philadelphia i guess yeah man i look at philadelphia and i think they're uh they're a really good football team and i say that and not like I don't use the word great, even though their record seems to be great right now. But, you know, I think I look at the parody in the NFL and you think to yourself, like, just there's a lot of good teams out there and the Eagles are certainly one of them. Monday night's game was just right. I mean, it goes from looking like they're going to get their doors blown off to all of a sudden in the second half, they they come back and make plays and, you know, and here you are. So. I don't really know what to to make of them sometimes. Like in a way, they almost remind me of the 2022 Bills and that, you know, they're they're winning a lot of close games. 
-hmm. They're taking care of the teams that they should maybe have a little bit of a disappointment here and there. Um, but they're just really good and they're winning these tight type of games. Like I expect Sunday to be a great football game. I'm not saying that I expect the bills to win or that I expect them to lose. But I think when you look at these two teams, they kind of remind me again of, of the bills from last year. And it's going to be a really interesting matchup on Sunday. Um, I'll tell you one thing I like and one thing I hate about this game specifically what I like about this, and this is going to sound crazy. And by the way, with Philly, like I said, they, they, they lost to the Jets. They played some shitty teams close, but they've also beaten Miami. And like I said, they beat Kansas City on the road this past Monday night. Um, what I what I like about this game for the Bills, and I know this is going to sound crazy because the Bills are such a good team, and they're also such a high-profile team. But you use that word trap game. This almost feels like, the Bills could be a trap team for the Eagles. And I say that because of this. They played Kansas City on Monday night on the road, which was a rematch of the Super Bowl. You can't tell me they weren't up for that game, right? Then they got Buffalo this week. Then they play Dallas and Frisco, two NFC conference rivals. If there's a game, look, you, you, you can't get up 100 for every single game. It's just the way it is in sports. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, 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 you're bound to have a letdown at some point. And it feels like mentally the bills are probably the least important game of these four during this stretch for Philly, which again, it sounds crazy because the bills are such a high profile team. Conversely, yeah. this is critical for the bills to win this football game. I'm sure they're treating this as such. We got to win this football game. That's the way they're treating it. So I, I like that. What I don't like is A.J. Brown is a stud, and he ain't do shit last week against Kansas City. One catch, four targets, eight yards. I promise you that's not happening again on Sunday. He's got six. Even with that game, he's got 68 catches. He's over 1,000 yards receiving already, and he's got six touchdowns. A.J. Brown is a huge huge problem and he ain't gonna go two straight games like Gabe Davis style I tell you that right now yeah no he is he is a stud I mean again on offense they can do they can do a lot but you know you watch that game the other night I mean listen Kansas City has a very good defense but you don't look at their corners and think to yourself like oh shut down with AJ Brown so I Pat I I anything could happen in this game and I would not be surprised Right. Really, there's no scenario that you can can look at. I mean, the Eagles are so tough at home. I mean, I guess I would say if the Bills blew their doors off, I would be surprised just because the Eagles are that good. But it just, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect. And AJ Brown, it's like, yeah, you say that. It's like, but yeah, if, I mean, if he put up five for seventy five and no touchdowns, like, okay, that's not a, a killer game, right? It's not sure. bad when you look at the compilation of his season and what it can be. Um, I guess it's just more the Bills team just confuses me so much. I just don't know what to expect. <laughs> I really, I just really don't. I'm just kind of befuddled by it. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point too because, I mean, you can look at Stephon Diggs and he's had some monster individual games this season for the Bills in games where overall the Bills offense still struggled. So it's conceivable A.J. Brown could go out and get his, but it doesn't mean necessarily the offense is going to be rolling for me. Um, and just to run over some, some quick numbers for Philly, DeAndre Swift's got 690 yards rushing, 
4.7 yards per carry. James Cook's got five yards per, per carry, by the way. I, I didn't realize how good he was. And then you know why I say that? Because I saw him last night. I forgot to tell you this. Probably should have told you this on yesterday's episode. I, he was at Imperial Pizza. Um, nice. And he hung out there. He was with... I, I don't know if it was another player or not. I, I didn't recognize him. And he was with a woman and, and a child. Um, but anyway, yeah, he was up there for a good half hour, 45 minutes. Didn't have a conversation. We pretty pretty nice dude. But anyway, big James Cook guy. And shout out Imperial Pizza there, one of the awesome. sponsors of uh, this episode. Anyway, back to DeAndre Swift. He's had a really good year. Jalen Hurts, his 345 yards uh, rushing, nine touchdowns. You know, brotherly shove. <laughs> Get inside that one-yard line, you know what's coming, whether it's for a touchdown or if it's third and one. I mean, that's an effective thing they do. Defensively, their front four, man, it is so good. Hassan Reddick's got eight and a half sacks. Josh Sweat, six and a half. Uh, and then those defensive tackles, Davis, Jalen Carter, the rookie, and Fletcher Cox. God, good Lord, man. That is some, some talent there. I got two keys for the Bills, and I'm sure you probably agree. There's number one, I just talked about their running game. I think they're going to try to run the ball on the Bills. The Bills' defense, run defense, is going to have to be stout. Big games from Ed Oliver, uh, Laval Joseph. Been a couple weeks now. I think this might be the game where, like, I, I want to see Laval Joseph do some some good things. Philadelphia offensive line is really good, too. So stopping yeah. the run is going to be a key. And then um, Buffalo Plus. You, you know that um, – podcast with Dan Fates and Jenna Cottrell and, and Mike Catalano. Oh, sure. I, just, all the time. I love that show. By the way, that might be my favorite Buffalo podcast. No disrespect to all of them, but they're entertaining, and really informative. Anyway, they had an episode yesterday. I don't remember the person, but uh, they had a Philadelphia reporter on, and he said their weaknesses are secondary. Like, if there's yeah. an area of the Philadelphia team you can exploit, it's their secondary. James Bradbury, corner, has had a bad year. Uh, this could be a Josh Allen game. I know any game could be a Josh Allen game, but yeah, I mean, I was off. listening. I was listening to that episode actually this morning while I was walking the dog, and um, you know that kind of goes to the point when you were asking me earlier. We talked about Stefan Diggs, and it's just like, yeah, I'm not really concerned about you know, oh, his stat line from the last game because I think this is a game where he can get peppered with targets and catches and really put together uh, a good performance. Now, again, I'm, am I saying it's going to be, you know, two touchdowns and this and that, but, you know, I could see him with nine receptions for 110 yards and and really making some moves against this team. And I do think with this game, this, this has the potential to be a, a Josh Allen game. You talk about how good their defensive line is like, yeah, they might be making things a little bit uncomfortable out there. He might have to roll out of the pocket. They might, you know, by design, roll him out of the pocket right from the beginning. And I think we've seen sometimes that's where he's at his best, right? I mean, I, the term backyard football kind of gets overused a little bit, but Hey, if these guys are getting some penetration and he's got to move around and, you know, Diggs is, is moving to get open. Yeah. I could see Josh having some fun out there on Sunday and putting together a, a good stat line. Bold individual prediction. I'm going to tell you now, Gabe Davis is going to have more than 70 yards receiving. That's my individual bold prediction for this game. He's going to be in this game plan this week after not being in the game plan at all, literally, because he didn't even have a target against uh, against the Jets. He's going to have 70 yards or more receiving. That's my individual okay. bold prediction. Speaking of, let's get to our get to our predictions for this game. 
pretty confident I know where you're going, but I'm going to go through the process of asking you anyway, man. Give me a game prediction. Yeah, I'm going to go 31-28 Eagles. Wow. I, yeah, I know. I know. And I, listen, I always feel confident that the Bills are going to win, and they can certainly win this game on Sunday. With it being in Philadelphia, I'm a little like – you know, the Eagles are good at home and the Eagles are a good football team. It kind of gives me a little bit of that same vibe of the loss two seasons ago to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where it's just like, okay, you could have and should have won that game, right? I'm not saying you get down early and then you have to come back, but where this could be a little bit of a heavyweight matchup. And even if you lose, and I'm not one for moral victories, Sunday could be a moral victory of just like, hey, yeah, we lost the game. We can go toe-to-toe with the Eagles because I look at all these games coming up. The Bills can beat Kansas City. They can beat the Cowboys. They can beat the Chargers. They can beat the Eagles. They, they can win these games. And I'm not saying they're going to win them all, but they belong on the stage with these teams. So even if they lose against the Eagles on Sunday, the sky is not falling, but I expect it to be a really good one. I am not going to lie to you. I am shocked right now. <laughs> I am really surprised. I, I did not, did not expect that at all. You said something a couple of minutes ago that I agree with 100%. There is almost nothing about this game that would surprise me, whether it's Philly blowing out the Bills, whether it's a Philly winning a close game, whether it's the Bills winning a close game. I would be surprised if the Bills just came into Philly, like you said, and rolled them. But besides yeah. that, anything else to me wouldn't be surprising. I'll say this. Looking at the schedule weeks ago, several weeks ago, I said there's two games that I don't think the Bills are the better football team on paper or matchup-wise. One of them was Cincy, and the other one is this game. Yeah. And a couple weeks ago, what, what game? It was the Cincy game. You and I did this. You predicted the Bills. On our show, I predicted the Bills, and it just did not sit well with me. Yeah. Ended up doing another episode, and I switched my pick to the Bengals. Not going to make that mistake this time. I, I like Phil. I think Philadelphia is going to win this game. I, I, I got it, thirty-four to twenty-three. But again, on the premise where when they played the Bengals, I was really confident that Cincinnati was going to beat the Bills. I'm not really confident that the Bills can or that Philly's going to beat the Bills. I think the Bills are very capable of winning this football game, and it would not stun me. I think the Bills need to win between Philly and Kansas City. This was my mindset. They got to win one of those two games between this and Kansas City. Uh, they got to win one of those two. And if they do, then they'll have four games left and maybe run the table, but at least have to win three for sure. And that probably gets you in the playoffs. They're at six right now. If you beat Kansas City or Philly, they get you to seven with four left. And I feel like if you win three of those four, no given, of course, but if you can win three of those four to get you to 10, and I think 10 will get you into the playoffs. But anyway, yeah, I got, I got, I got Philly 34 to, to 23. I, I hope we're, I know you hope we're wrong too. Sure. I mean, it's, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. I will say this though. You talked about Linval Joseph earlier, Russell Douglas, you know, those guys now, right? I mean, you talk about, filling the the void of Daquan Jones and Tredavious White, that those two are are capable, right? I'm not saying that they're at the level of those two players, but capable. I mean, we've certainly seen that. Terrell Dodson doing some good things at, at the linebacker position, kind of a different rotation, him, Dorian Williams. You see Jordan Poyer playing in that spot right now. Like, 
maybe the Bills defense has kind of figured it out again. I mean, I'm not saying they're at, you know, where they were week one, but you, you've got some things, you filled some of those holes that were there. You don't replace Matt Milano, but right now, and, and again, I get it, it was the Jets, but the defense, I mean, the Jets haven't even looked that bad. No. In some of these games that they've that they've had, so you know, a, a little bit of optimism of just like does Sean McDermott's unit have what they need right now? Dude, having optimism for the Bills right now is not stupid whatsoever. You go back the dude, the Jets beat Philly. They should have beat Kansas City. The Bills sure. look good. Um, yeah, Laval Joseph having a good game is important. One last thing too, shame on me for not mentioning him earlier. You did. Russell, I love – I think Russell Douglas is better than Trey White. I mean, listen, I've watched him play football for like one and a half games now, so I, it's hard for me to go to, Fair. to that level and, and jump to that piece, but um, but I'm the, really glad they made the trade. Looks not a drop-off. Put it this way, at least it's not a big drop-off. It's not like yeah. – it's not the difference between Milano and Dotson for sure or even Jones or Joseph. I like Douglas a lot. He ain't going nowhere. But that's another conversation for another time. Before we get out of here, I know we're running a little bit late, but and I didn't tell you about this, man. I, I got a little Christmas season gift for you right now. Before okay. we get out of here, I know you are, above all else, a, a basketball guy. I know you love college hoops. We're in the same age bracket. We're in the same age range. I got you by a couple of years. Yeah. But. Because it's being the Christmas season and I'm in college basketball starting, I wanted to run down for you real quick my top 10 favorite college basketball players of all time. Not going to deep dive into them. I'm just going to run through this list, take you down a a little bit of trip of a little bit of memory lane here. These are some names I'm sure that you know. Let me preface this too by saying I am a huge Big East guy. Growing up, I was a, a Big East basketball junkie, ACC as well. So on that note, I got number 10. And I took some time. I really put some thought into this, Anthony. I'm going to write these down. <laughs> well, you can record it off the thing or when you watch it back. Um, number 10, Allen Iverson played in the mid-90s. I hate Georgetown, by the way. I've hated Georgetown my whole life. But Allen Iverson was just a different player. Loved watching him. Number nine, I jumped on their bandwagon for like two or three years, UNLV. Larry Johnson, 89 to 91. He was so good, and I, I just loved watching him play. Number eight, I was a point guard. I wanted to be a point guard growing up. Steve Alford from Indiana, 83. You're, you're literally killing me here with Allen Iverson and Steve Alford so far. Like, just twist the knife. But <laughs> I love Steve Alford. He was such a good shooter, and I kind of looked like him when I was when I was a kid and he was in college. Um, number seven, again, going back to the Big East, I liked Syracuse a lot. Sherman Douglas. One really never really amounted to much in the pros, but man, he was so fun to watch in college. Number six, and these are going to be back-to-back guys from the same team. Chris Mullen, early to mid-80s, loved St. John's. Again, I did not miss basketball games in the 80s with the yeah. Big East. Chris Mullen was sweet as hell. So I got him at six. Number five, his teammate Walter Berry. One of the sweetest college basketball players I can remember. That lefty dude just owned the glass. Loved watching him play. Number four, Kenny Anderson, Georgia Tech, 89 to 91. By the way, I've had him on this podcast before. That was one of my favorite gets that I've ever had because I was such a big fan of him growing up. And again, I love the point guard position. 
Have him number four. Number three, Sean Elliott from Arizona. Loved him. He was such a smooth player. Suffered a bad knee injury with the, the Spurs. He was a pretty good pro, but he yeah. never became like, you know, that stud, that great player. He won the Wooden Award in college. Loved him. And again, I wasn't a West Coast fan of teams and stuff, but I, I loved Sean Elliott. Number two, going back to Georgia Tech again, Mark Price. Loved Mark Price. Dude, I'm a white, I was a white point guard, you know, slow footed and stuff like that. And guys like Steve Alford and Mark Price who could shoot the ball. I wanted to be like them uh, growing up. So Mark Price was number two. He was sweet as hell. And then number one, going to Q's, Dwayne the Pearl Washington, 83 to 86. He was so sweet. Never really became a, a good pro. But again, growing up, Big East basketball, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't like just exclusively a Syracuse fan. Like I said, I like St. John's a yeah. lot as well. I kind of went back and forth between those two teams. But man, Dwayne the Pearl, he was the shit. My favorite college basketball player of all time. Listen, I will, two quick points because I know it's short on time. Yeah, go ahead. Pearl Washington, I remember the exact moment I became a Syracuse basketball fan was because of him. The half-court shot at the buzzer to beat Boston College, um, that was the moment I fell in love with Syracuse basketball and college basketball. It was one of the greatest things. And, you know, as a kid, sometimes there's just these stupid reasons why you like mm -hmm. a team or just sure. whatever. Watching that game at my uncle's house who lived across the street with my dad, and it was in that instant that I became a lifelong Syracuse fan. Sherman Douglas, to your point, you look up his professional statistics, he put together a nice NBA career despite his size and physical limitations, mm -hmm. still did some some really good things in playing with the Heat and even some work with the Celtics. Um, so underrated, and I will argue no better pure point guard that I remember. Maybe Jason Kidd in his time at Cal, but Sherman Douglas throwing those alley-oops to Derek Coleman and Stevie Thompson and Ronnie Cicely. The best. <laughs> I, wanted, I almost put Carmelo Anthony on my list, but I was like, yeah, man, it's really tough to go with a guy who only played for one year, but he was sweet as hell um, <laughs> as well. All right, that's good to do. Make sure you follow Anth on Twitter at Anth Marino. Thanks for doing back-to-back -back episodes with me, man. You know, I appreciate you, and I hope we're both wrong about our, our game picks. I hope we're both wrong, too. I appreciate you as well, man, and hope uh, all is good. All right, guys, I will be back um, live on Sunday night following the Bills-Eagles game. I'll have Tone Pucks with me. Talk to you then. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.